Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the J&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Dorsey, joined, as always, by my good friend, Justin Carroll. Justin, Monday night, Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. How are you? Happy Memorial Day to you. You know, in all honesty, I'm feeling fat and tired. That's all I got to say. Story of my life. But uh, <laughs> especially after watching the uh, three-hour gong show that is Monday Night Raw, uh, can't say that it was any better than Double or Nothing, but, I mean, oof. It was better wrestling than Double or Nothing. You give it that. It certainly was a tough uh, combined, what, four, seven hours of wrestling in the past three days? Yeah, I'd say so. Oof, anyway, but uh, we'll get right into it here. Monday Night Raw, full Memorial Day. They had a, a beautiful package at the beginning, uh, saluting all those who served and those who lost their lives. Of course, shout out to all them. Uh, whatever. I, I completely lost my train of thought. But uh, thank you to all those who had served. Uh, I'm sure we have a ton of veterans listening to this. But uh, anyway, thank you for your service. Uh, some some served, some served some, and some served all, I think it's a saying i don't know i'm not that smart okay anyway uh <laughs> anyway uh we opened up they were going through everything tonight mvp vip lounge with drew mcintyre uh girls triple threat match for the number one contendership for the raw women's title charlotte versus naya versus natty and we started out with the ko show most notably we had nxt trainees back in the crowd so Took WWE a little while there to figure it all out, but uh, they did uh, in the end. So everyone's on an even playing field now. No more crying about who has the better atmosphere, whatever it might be. He has Oscar on the show, who uh, was still chanting Becky. Uh, KO shouts out the T-shirt that's online about how uh, she's the warrior and she's a mom or whatever. She's the man and now she's the mom. Charlotte then interrupts. Uh, she doesn't get a ton out before Natty comes out and apologizes to Kevin Owens. Uh, Charlotte goes and says a lot, something along the lines of how she shouldn't suck up to Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens just says she was just being nice and apologizing. Then Nye comes out. She threatens Oscar and tells her to see what happened to Kyrie. Uh, KL then tells Oscar not to hit Nye. Sure enough, Oscar hits Nye. They all go at it. And that was the end of the KO show for tonight. Oh, KO also announced that he would be facing Angel Garza later tonight. Jaws, you see this face? Well, you can't technically, but you see this face? Don't care. See this face? Don't care. Yeah, I don't understand how Natty got into this match after being uh, tapped out. or She lost to Shane. Twice. Tapped out last week, too. So that was a little weird there. Uh, If anybody, it should have been Shayna. Yes, but I don't know what they were thinking. But uh, anyway, Natty, uh, in the match, along with Charlotte and Nia once again, uh, again, KO would face uh, Angel Garza later in the night. After that, we had an interview with Apollo backstage, said this was the most important night of his pro career, and says he's going to be the new champ. And uh, foreshadowing, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So we did have Apollo versus Andrade for the United States title. Uh, they go at it for a little while there. We get towards the end of the match. Andrade gets the knees. Apollo later on hits the Gorilla Press slam, the standing moonsault. And surprisingly, 
gets the pin. One, two, three. Apollo Crews is your new United States champion on Memorial Day. I am a real American, brother. <laughs> Man, I was... This took me by surprise. I think, in all honesty, when Andrade first said, like, I am the champion! I sort of said to myself, oh, man, Andrade is losing tonight. Because he kept on saying it throughout his match as well. I thought that it was just totally foreshadowing that he was just going to ultimately lose the title to Apollo. But I'm sort of happy that he lost to Apollo. I think it's going to be something different moving on. You know, it's a star on the rise. I think Apollo has a lot of untouched potential, and I can't wait to see what he does as United States champion. Yes, and then after the match, he had another interview. Uh, He says he can now say he's new U.S. champ. How sweet. Yes, sir. And then after this, um, after Apollo won, Andrade was just freaking out on the back. He was just throwing everything, hitting everything he saw. And just was totally upset. Sore loser. I mean, come on. There's no crying in wrestling. No, for sure. (laughs) But uh, after that, we learned about the Viking Raiders were going to play the Street Profits in a round of golf. I wrote (sighs) WTF. I just, I, I said to you today, if they were really trying to entertain us, with this whole golf thing, I say this is the best one that they've done out of the three. But, <laughs> you know, of course, we both ultimately think it's just stupid and unneeded. Yeah, I mean, just wrestle. I mean, we said it last week. Just have a match. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, who cares? Could... Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. They, they're going to play each other in golf later on. Uh, they, we see Seth with Ray's mask after we get back from commercial. We have a segment with him. Seth said Ray was made for the sacrifice. Announces that Austin Theory is officially his new disciple. And then announced later on in the show, Alistair Black would face... Uh, Alistair Black and Humberto would face Theory and Murphy in a tag team match. You know, after hearing that, I was thinking to myself, okay, this match makes sense. These are two guys who both idolize Rey Mysterio, and then these are two guys whose faction pretty much just beat up Rey Mysterio. What was it, two weeks or one week ago? I think it was last week, right? That he did that? Last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I believe it was last week. So, to me, this all made sense, and it was a pretty good match. I don't know if that was exactly the next match that was on, but it was a pretty solid match. It was. It sure was. After this, we had an interview with Charlotte. Uh, she didn't get much up before Oscar interrupted her, saying that red isn't her color. Uh, very much foreshadowing for later in the night. After this, we come back. The Iconics come out. We go to commercial. Uh, later on, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross come out. They go trade some, quote-unquote, virtual jabs. And later on, the Iconics attacked the tag team champions and held the belts up way high above their heads. Really quickly, I noted that, so they let Alexa Bliss talk as Alexa and Nikki were both walking down the ramp, and then Nikki was about to say something, and Billy and Peyton Royce interrupted her, and then Nikki popped off, and I was thinking to myself, man, she's pretty good on the mic. I don't know why she doesn't talk more. I mean, 
I don't know if you thought the same way about this, but I was like, man, Nikki is not bad on the mic. No, I mean, after the the Scottish accent, I believe it is. I mean, hey, I can see right past it. So that's, she's definitely good on the mic. She definitely got fired up too, which is pretty cool. But the Iconics raising the belts high. I mean, after uh, Peyton Royce cost them the, the title last week, looks like we're setting up for a uh, little rematch possibly. Yeah, I would say definitely a backlash. We're going to see the women's tag team titles defended with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the Iconics. They're great. I mean, they're great. Yeah, I think both teams are pretty good. I mean, I don't know hey. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but they are pretty good. They are pretty good. That's for sure. We'll keep it at that. After this, we have the VIP Lounge. You bring uh, MVP, goes along talking about Bobby. Eventually brings out Drew McIntyre, calls him to the soon-to-be former champ. Drew comes out, basically goes haywire on the furniture, asks where Bobby is. Uh, MVP says there's no ambush tonight. Uh, sure enough, Bobby does come out, but Claymore he does Claymore kick. Uh, Drew McIntyre Claymore kicks MVP before Bobby came out, I believe. And we come out with that, Bobby carrying MVP to the back. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about this. Um, I thought it was it was sort of cool to see how... I don't know really how to word this, but MVP said that it took Bobby 13 years to get into the world title picture again. And then Drew counters it by saying that it took him a total of 19 years to even get a world title championship opportunity. And I thought that was a little cool thing that they noted um, throughout the VIP lounge. But nothing much to this. Obviously, um, MVP got Claymore kicked by Drew, and then Drew was just so eager to get his hands on Bobby Lashley. See, this is what makes me excited to see him and Bobby go at it. Like, Bobby's yeah. great. Drew is great. I mean, they have such a they can make it such a great build now that it makes it personal going after the manager or quote unquote tag team partner. And McIntyre is just always eager to get at somebody. So. I'm very excited for this match at Backlash. I hope it's not uh, going to let me down. I mean, especially when it's under the bill of the greatest wrestling match ever. I mean, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't let me down. How much you want to bet that match advertises the greatest wrestling match ever won't even main event the show? How much you want to bet? I mean, I, I would put my house on it just because the pay-per-view was named after it. So, I mean, yeah. I, I would imagine <laughs> that they actually do main event it. But, um, oh my God, I just completely got lost. Oh, Charlie Caruso, she interviews Natalia, and then she gets an incoming call from TJ, a.k.a. Tyson Kidd, who I believe was completely underrated. I love Tyson Kidd. And then I didn't exactly catch what she was saying because I was also making a cake while watching Raw. That's super off topic. But <laughs> I really was. But um, then she gets back to the interview with Charlie, and she just says, we're out of time. And then there's just like this weird, awkward still of just them two, and then it just pans to whatever the next thing was, which was, um, oh, Kevin Owens' entrance. So we're about to get Angel Garza and Kevin Owens. This was a short and quick match, but before we get into the match, Angel Garza jumped Kevin Owens as he was doing his entrance, and... Got some pretty good damage on his leg. 
He did, but I want to mention in the Natalia interview, she took oh, the yep. phone call and was like, hold on one second. And then, like, she went aside, but the camera was still visibly on her. Like, I thought that was, like, <laughs> so awkward. Yeah, I did see that. Like, like, <laughs> of course, calls are pretty personal things. And you just see this cameraman just, like, totally close and all getting the zoom on Natalia on the phone. Like, who cares? Usually, you, like, go away for, like, a phone call that's personal. She took three yeah, steps just... to the left and was like, hold on a second. I have a phone call. And like, that's like <laughs> TJ, that was the right thing to like, dude, that save it for total divas, dude. <laughs> that, that's like the same thing that happened with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross when Carmella and Dana Brooke wanted a tag team title shot. And then they went like to the side and took like three steps over and they were like, let's think about this. And then like you could completely just hear what they were talking about, just not even being a personal conversation. Ah, jeez. Some logic that they, they uh, uh, you know, perform in this show. That yeah. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. But uh, like you said, the KO and Garza match, which is quick overall. Obviously, Garza getting the upper hand attacking KO before the match. Garza kept working on that leg. Owens gets the DDT and then gets a little uh, fire up there in the middle of the match. Uh, but Owens cannot get over the injury after he gets a senton from the top, or a swanton, excuse me. Or maybe it was a senton. Either or. He did get a senton and a swanton in the match. But uh, Garza gets back on the knee, gets the wing clipper, and wins. And also attacked KO after the match. Yeah, this match was pretty quick. It was pretty good. I think it did its job. Uh, Kevin Owens, a former Universal Champion, was just beat by an upcoming star in Angel Garza. I thought this match was all right. Uh, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but it's a quick, like, six-minute match that definitely gets the job done. I'm a little suspect on the wing clipper finisher, though. No, I like it. What body part is it affecting, though? The booty. The way, way, okay, give me a break. The way Angel, like, did it to KO, Kevin Owens, yeah. It just seemed like he like just dropped him on his butt. Well, no, you got the arms. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I got something in my throat. Oh, wait a second. Take over for a little bit. <laughs> so I just figured when he went up to get the, the wing clipper, and I think Kevin Owens is a little heavier, so we didn't really expect that KO was going to be that heavy. I mean, even though you can look at him, he's a little on the heavier side. I mean, it's yeah. no secret, but obviously that goes to his build. But, like, what – what limb or what muscle or what are you targeting in that I guess, finisher? I it's guess not it's the leg, it's not the yeah. arm, it's not the head, it's not a DDT. So, like, what? I don't get it. So, I honestly believe that it sort of takes out the back. Because if you think about it, he's hooking your arms and, you know, he basically has you perched up on his legs and your legs are going outward. So, when he sits down with it, I mean, Jaworski, you might have to try to test it on me, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> tell you what happens. But um, I think, you know, landing on your butt, it jolts down, like the gravity and whatnot. It sort of hits you, and then it sort of it makes your body compact. So I think it definitely hurts your back to some degree. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to keep a closer look on it going forward uh, next week, because I can only guess that he will be on TV next week, so... Hey, and you know what else I thought? I think they kicked Austin Theory out so they wouldn't have to show Selena on TV as much. Did you ever think of that? 
<laughs> no, but I don't think they mind putting Selena on TV. Well, I think they probably caught up to be like, yo, you're on TV like six times a night, and we have like a ton more guys that we can use, so we're going to kick this guy out so we can get more people in. You think that's uh, – I think I was pretty good in my decision-making right there, not going to lie. No, because he still had the match with – what's it called? I mean, even if he did – have a tag team match, Selena still would have been on it. I mean, I don't know really what point I'm trying to get at, but I don't think that they were like, Zelina, you're on TV way too much. We need to cool it down with you. I just think they're trying to show that there's some sort of dysfunction going on with, you know, uh, Zelina's, uh, what do you even call him? Zelina's... Uh, stable. Stable, yeah, thank you. But uh, after this, we have the... Uh, the infamous Viking Raiders and Street Profits golf match. And we had a little competition recap, of course, the basketball. Of course, the axe throwing. I'm going to let you out the hook because you're cute. Uh, again, this whole thing was very stupid. Again, once again. I mean, it, did you catch all of it? Because I did. I didn't even want to watch it. Uh, I didn't really watch it. I just noted that they went from real golf to mini golf. And I said to myself, Man, I'm so happy that this little SNL skit went from Caddyshack to Helpy. Oh, to Helpy. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I'm saying that two times fast. But, oh, my God. This is just so stupid. Then the Street Profits end up just saying how the Viking Raiders are 124 compared to their 28. And so, obviously... Viking Raiders not knowing anything about sports. They just do the thing where they hit their each other's forearms and they're like, yeah, we won because we got the higher number. But I know something about golf and having the lower number is actually better for you. So the Street Profits end up winning again. They're 2-1 with whatever you want to call this feud. And then Ivar's just putting his hand through the hole of the golf course. Like the, what, what do you call that? I never the mini golf. That. The putt putt hole or mini golf hole or like yeah, you hit there, the, the you hit the ball in the hole and then you gotta grab the ball from the hole. What do you call that thing? The the cup. Okay, the cup. Ivar reaches his hand into the cup and he's pulling out all these random things. So he's pu- he pulled out a literal cup from Montez the hole. Then he pulled out like a chicken leg and then apparently there's a random alligator. Which okay. If you have not seen Happy Gilmore, <laughs> Happy Gilmore's like mentor, Chubbs, got his arm bitten off by an alligator. And there's a random alligator on this mini course. And I'm thinking to myself, some dude must have recently watched Happy Gilmore and thought to himself, man, this is going to be great for the Street Profits and Viking Raiders feud going on right now. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so bad. Like, I yeah. seriously cannot stand watching this. I'd rather... Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, I was going to say I'd rather watch... No, I should say that. I'll say it. I'd rather watch the mat, the football stampede match on AEW Double or Nothing than this feud. I think I would, too. Just because this is, this stinks. I mean, they have it's one awful. match. They have one match, and now it's like, oh, we're going to... We're going to see who can uh, hold their breath underwater for longer. Oh, he drowned. Uh-oh. Like, dude, who cares? Like, I, if he drowned, please, go ahead. But 
I mean, <laughs> I can see Vince be like, that Happy Gilmore movie. Huh? That was funny. Let's do that. Like, <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, man. That's Either awful. Way, that, that was that. After this, we had a backstage segment there uh, with Bobby, Lashley, MVP, and Lana. Lana had some ice. Uh, you know, Lana was trying to get on the sweet side of them, too, again. And MVP just goes off on Lana, how telling how much of her husband's career has been a joke and how she he doesn't need any ice. Uh, they eventually move on. Lashley, I mean, Lana freaks out again. I mean, it's just a matter of time before Lana is probably gone, I hope, or I assume. Not hope. No, Lana's really wanted... good. She's staying employed. But uh, it's only a matter of time until Lana finds greener pastures with Bobby Lashley, I should say. How's that? Yeah, yeah, you, I can back you up with that, yes. <laughs> so after that, uh, freak out from Lana. Just trying to offer the poor guy some ice after he got Claymore kicked earlier on in the night. Yeah. We have Alistair Black and Umberto Carrillo taking on at Murphy and Austin Theory in a tag team match. This is pretty quick. Uh, Austin Theory hit the ATL on Carrillo, uh, and they get the victory there. After them, after uh, Alistair Black was knocked to the outside, he obviously did the ATL. Austin Theory and Murphy are your winners. After this, the Disciples set up Carrillo uh, on the steps, much similar to how they did it to Rey Mysterio last week. Uh, they did not actually uh, penetrate the eye like last week, though. Uh, they just kind of trapped him there. Seth Rollins was threatening uh, Alistair Black in the ring to drop the chair he had to save Carrillo. Uh, eventually, they did not penetrate the eye, like I said, and we move on. Uh, and they made another reference to Rey Mysterio as Seth Rollins still had one of Rey's masks uh, going back up the ramp. Not much. I would say you pretty much hit the nail on that one. Really quick match. I sort of dig this match. It was pretty quick, pretty solid. Got the point across. Seth took charge immediately after the match and he was pretty much dictating how everything was going and i honestly thought it was pretty good overall i sort of like this whole i guess you could call it spot with seth rollins stable and humberto with alistair black yes so after this we had the edge segment said he's doubting his ability can he still hang after he beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania in a 45-minute notice qualification, falls count anywhere, uh, last man standing match. Oof, man. I texted you during this, and I said, man, Edge is a really good talker. He's so believable. He's so genuine. There's nothing super insanely corny about him, but his delivery was just so good during this you know, him just talking to the camera, having this somewhat you could call of a monologue. I just thought it was tremendous. And he also went on to say how he's going to dig the dig the deepest to just dig to the depths. Try. Dig to the depths of depth. his soul. <laughs> dig to the depths of his soul to try like a man, I think he said. There we go. Yep. And uh, once again, a very convincing package there from edge obviously a veteran of the game uh well i don't think again i think i said it last week although i don't think it'll be the greatest wrestling match ever i am excited to see them go at it one-on-one yeah i am too 
I wouldn't say I'm as heavily invested as I am with the Drew and Bobby storyline because I think that's just I think it's pretty good right now. I say it's better than anything going on on Raw right now. I think it beats the whole Seth deal, what they're doing with that. I think it beats the whole whatever they're doing with Asuka and Nia. I just, I'm super invested. Oh, no, wait. Am I talking about the wrong thing? Oh, no, but I am somewhat invested in Edge and Orton. If they keep on doing these things where they have Edge talk and Orton talk, but there's no real confrontation between the two. I can find myself like losing it a little bit, just not really caring about it all that much. But after this, I was like, oh man, I'm sort of sort of hyped to see this. After this, we had the triple threat women's match for the number one contendership for the Raw Women's title. We had Asuka on commentary, which is always a joy. Uh, even though I have no idea what she is saying at the time. Uh, this is a... Uh, you said in the beginning that you really didn't care for the match, but as the match went on, I mean, it was very good. It, it got better. It got better. The only reason why I said it was bad was because, so I'm not exactly sure what Naya did to Charlotte, but Naya was able to lay out Charlotte, and then Naya picked up Natalia, body slammed her on top of Charlotte, and so Naya's just standing there looking at Natalia and Charlotte. But Charlotte's shoulders are both down, and the ref does not think to count one, two, three. Natalia pretty much already won the match if the ref was actually doing his job. But that was the only real big nitpick that I had with that match. But I was honestly wrong about this match. I ended up thinking it was pretty good. But um, there was another little nitpick thing that I had. I hate the overused uh, someone's about to superplex the other dude, and then someone's about to powerbomb the dude that's trying to hit the superplex. I think that is so overused. I just don't enjoy it as I used to. I feel like if there's ever a triple threat or a fatal four-way or like a six-man or eight-man tag, you're pretty much destined to see this move. And it's just like, ugh, like, come on. Yeah, especially with the girls. Um, I think like whatever it might be, it seems like they have the tougher time, uh, probably with Nia too. She's probably not the easiest to move and, or, uh, flexibility wise, I, I assume, or something. Obviously it's no secret that she's not like most girls, quote unquote, but I, you can always hear them. Girls. You can always hear like, uh, the, all the girls go ready one, two, three, and then they jump and then they pull <laughs> every time. Ready? Yeah. One, <laughs> two, three. You can hear them every time. But, uh, oh, no, really quick. In the beginning, yep. Uh, Natalia and Charlotte also powerbombed Nia through the announcer's table. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. It was. I was just about to say that. So you stole oh, my sorry. thunder. But I stole your thunder. Yeah. Nia comes back later in the match after a sequence of submissions between the sharpshooter and the figure four with the figure eight after the bridge. Uh, Charlotte has Natalia in the figure four. Uh, then Nia sent on bombs Charlotte. She rolls out of the ring. Nia drops Natalia for the Samoan drop. She wins after Charlotte cannot get in the ring fast enough to break up the pin. Nia Jax is your number one contender for Oscar's Raw Women's Championship. Ooh, I don't know exactly how that match is going to go, but... I think 
you're for sure going to get a decent match out of those two. Yeah, so I like Naya. I mean, say what you want about her. She Maybe she is a little tough in the ring. I think that's just her Samoan, you know, kind of heritage that they go balls to the wall, basically. They lay their stuff in, that's for sure. I don't think she does it intentionally. I just think that, you know, she's just so much bigger with, the, you know, working with these smaller girls. I mean, you have to think maybe Asuka has a vendetta for Nia after what she did to Kyrie in uh, one of the matches a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I I think it's funny the way you say Kyrie. You say it like it's Kyrie Irving or something. It's just Kyrie. Kyrie. <laughs> okay. Kyrie. All right. Kyrie. 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 Kyrie Sane. Now you got me thinking about it. <laughs> How am I supposed to say it? No, just Kyrie. But you say like Kyrie. 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 You go like you go ha- you go hard on the E, Kyrie. 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 Ky- like Carrie, but Kyrie. Carrie. Ky- Ky- Kyrie. There's too many K's being thrown around. I'm feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> Kyrie. Kyrie. So Naya beat up Kyrie Irving. Uh She's going to call out Oscar now. Uh, but no, they are going to face each other at Backlash, assumably for the Raw Women's Championship. After this, we had the long-awaited return of Ron Gronkowski. Oh, yeah. Our boy Tom Brady. Ooh. Ooh. Our, our How do you feel about this? Our truth figured out that Tom Brady uh, was not the 24-7 champion. Uh, he said he lost it. And he, he said he feels for Tom Brady for losing the 24-7 championship. But after this, we had the first ever Gronk segment. I wanted to say the P word, but I didn't. I said segment. Oh, Gronk, oh good for you. Gronk delivered the uh, segment there uh, in only a fashion that Gronk could. You could totally tell. So there were, okay, in this segment that they did with Gronk and him addressing his status with their day we pretty much, it was really weird for him <laughs> to, <laughs> so he's talking with his sunglasses on, right? And then he takes them off, but he's not even looking at the camera. He's just looking off to the side, which you can just clearly tell he's reading some sort of script. And then someone must have been like, throw the glasses back on and then he throws them back on just so you can tell that well so you think that he's not actually reading off something but it was blatantly obvious that grok was not just saying this off the top of his head and that he was just reading a cue card yeah and then you forgot the most important part where he has eyes in the back of his head oh yeah that too and then he puts his sunglasses on backwards yes i mean genius Okay. Rob, what did he say? Rob, Rob Gronk, Rob Gronkowski? No, Ron, Jim Cornette said Ron Gronkowski. Yes, and then R-Truth said like Rob James Gronkowski or something. I don't know. I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. I was just saying that close enough to touch him. Uh, (laughs) After that, we had Ric Flair coming back to make an appearance on Raw. Uh, it wasn't actually an appearance. He was pre-taped via satellite. Uh, obviously, it was never via satellite, clearly. 
But uh, he said that Randy Orton is his pick. Uh, thank you, Rick. Thank you for the intel. <laughs> yeah, thanks for telling us your choice and then just not saying anything else other than, Woo! That's pretty much it. After I hang up the tights and I yeah. be in the limousine riding, jet flying, I hung up the tights. Hey, 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 Ric Flair likes Post Malone, so he's okay in my book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rip Flair drip. That is not a Post Malone song, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know that too. But he, he's like, I got my, I got my boy Quavo calling me. Like, oh my, God. <laughs> my boy Quavo! Woo! <laughs> anyway, after that, uh, probably needed a pay. Well, that was probably his first date on his new contract. Oh wait, 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 wait! Can I tell you a little quick story? It yeah. relates. It doesn't really relate to Ric Flair, but it relates to the woo. So you know how before shows, everyone's just saying, woo, and then they get the fans all hyped up and everyone just starts wooing? Yes. So it was Raw after SummerSlam in 2018. So after all the woos are done, I think I've told you this story before, but some dude just screams, hey, Corey Graves! And then Corey just looks up to where the sound came from, and then you just hear the fan go, no suck! And then he just gives him the thumbs up. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I felt so bad. But he does suck, so I was like, oh, he sort of had it coming to him. That's funny. See, he, Corey just tries to be a nice guy, acknowledge his fan, or the fan in attendance, not a fan <laughs> of him. Nope. But, uh, I mean, I tried to get John Cena's attention when we were right next to the entranceway. Uh, didn't quite work. He didn't notice my word life t-shirt. Uh, I'm sure no. I was in his sight path, but uh, he did not acknowledge me, sadly. So, yeah, neither did Daniel Bryan. He walked right past us. When was that? That was oh, uh, yeah, the match he had with uh, Curtis Axel. Oh, yeah. I remember that. No, you don't. I remember that. Yes, I do. It was on SmackDown. Yeah, you only know that because that's a show we went to. Yes, I was there. Yes, I know you were there. We went together. Oh, we're sounding like a married couple. <laughs> yeah, how long How long have we been married? Never. Never. Ever! <laughs> anyway, uh, after Ric Flair, it was announced that Aleister Black would go one-on-one with Seth Rollins next week, which I'm very much looking forward to. They had been known to put on a good match. Yeah. Uh, and we also learned that Rey Mysterio would be having his retirement ceremony. And I put a big question mark to it and circled it with like four or five circles. Okay, so with this, uh, as much as I hate to say it, unless Rey is actually, excuse me, unless Rey is actually really retiring, we know damn well Rey Mysterio is not retiring without at least... 50,000 friends, oh, excuse me, fans in front of him. There was just no way Rey Mysterio's retiring in front of like tops 25 people if they still do the NXT fans this week. But, or the next week, I should say. But we damn well know Rey Mysterio is not retiring in front of, you know, however many people were there in attendance. I just think it's going to set up for. Seth and Ray maybe at backlash. That's what I could only assume. I think it just makes sense, but I don't think he's really retiring. Unless he is, then that's pretty sad. 
I sure hope not. I mean, I don't, I think he's still got some left in him. He could still definitely go in the matches that we've seen. But uh, either way, we went into the main event, the Street Profits versus MVP and Bobby Lashley. I think we forgot to mention how this came about. I think it was after uh, the golf competition deal. Uh, MVP and Bobby Lashley pulled up on the Street Profits and uh, basically challenged them uh, even after he got Claymore kicked at the MVP. I didn't really know how this match went down. I think they lost, MVP and Bobby Lashley lost after Bobby wouldn't obey the referee's commands. Yeah, like, they got DQ'd. Even though it looked like he kind of had Montez Ford fading. But there wasn't really much to this match. A little back and forth. Bobby got the... Uh, I'm blanking. Bobby got the... Paul Nelson on Montez Ford. He fades away, but Bobby does not answer the referee's commands. So Bobby Lashley and MVP get disqualified. Uh, Drew McIntyre comes out for the save. They go at it. He gives him a glass... Glasgow. Glasgow kiss. Oh, my goodness. Uh, then Bobby just goes back and uh, flips him over, gives him a little Lutez press kind of deal. Uh, after that, they send in the NXT guys for the save. They go back and forth after that. So that is how the show went off the air. One guy in the other corner, one guy in the other corner, McIntyre in one corner, Bobby in the other corner, surrounded by the NXT trainees at ringside. So overall, pretty good episode of Monday Night Raw. I like this build. These brawls always get me excited to watch a show. So uh, heading into Backlash, uh, Bobby and Drew, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. I honestly didn't believe I was going to get as invested as I am with this feud, but they've been doing everything right with Bobby and Drew, I believe. With everything that they did tonight with the VIP lounge and then you know, ending off Raw, they've been doing a pretty good job. I would say this is, I would say during the pandemic era, this is definitely the best Raw that they've done. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really, I mean, obviously nothing comes immediately to mind uh, during this whole pandemic deal uh, for Monday Night Raw. I mean, last week was probably the best one yet, I'd say. And now, obviously, I think this one definitely topped it. Or so I, I think personally. Uh, I think the one they had, Randy, I think the past two weeks, they've equally or they've topped each other, so to say. So, you know, two weeks was the best one. Last week was uh, better than that one. And then this one was the best out of all three of them. So definitely uh, getting gaining some strides here for Monday Night Raw uh, during the pandemic. I think the fans helped, too, for sure. Uh, I think they can probably put a few more people in there, to be honest with you, that are obviously not wanting to be on the safe side. We're probably on the downslope of this whole uh, pandemic deal. Hopefully, every, everything goes right. I know Florida isn't uh, as affected as where we are here in Massachusetts, so maybe they'll start to let up on uh, the fan restrictions. I know they're uh, technically at they can have 25% capacity of a stadium with social distancing. So obviously they're not going to do that for a wrestling show. That would look terrible. But uh, just that, to throw that thought out there, I, I don't know. That was phase one. I don't, I'm not sure if they're in phase two in Florida yet, but uh, we'll definitely uh, have some fans coming in and out pretty soon, I think. And I think this will work for AEW 
stage, they face away from the crowd and they have all the seats behind them. So whether or not they actually follow social distancing in the seats, I think you'll probably see AEW have more fans come uh, just because they have the arena type deal. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think the fans, you know, the fans being at Raw definitely took everything by surprise. Well, everybody by surprise. I honestly thought for the remaining of this time, we would just see the typical, like, there's no fans there and we're just going to watch wrestling. I honestly sort of, I didn't really care if they had 20 people in the crowd or no people in the crowd. I sort of thought, like, I never thought to myself, oh, man, I really miss the crowd. I was just mainly thinking about how, you know, you were actually able to hear these guys, you know, lay their punches and actually hear them talk trash to one another. So I didn't really notice a huge difference between 20 fans or no fans. Sure, they were making sounds and whatnot to, you know, everything going on tonight. But I didn't really find myself caring all that much that there was... 20 people in the crowd. By the way, Marina Shafir was in the crowd. Total sweetheart. Just had to throw that out there. But I really didn't find myself being super caught off guard. Like, oh, man, there's fans back there. I think I'm just so used to Raw having no fans and then AEW having some fans there. My question is, what took WWE so long? Yeah. You know, I don't know exactly. I mean... Of course, they had to have known AEW was doing it. And having the fans there wasn't originally their idea either. Is Beyond Wrestling, who is a, uh, an independent wrestling promotion in the New England area. It was their idea, actually. But uh, I don't know necessarily what took them so long. I just think they were maybe really hesitant about it. Like, we don't really want these well-established guys just being fans in the crowd, but I think that could work to their benefit. Sort of, it can help their character in a sense. So let's say if Doze was out there in the crowd and, well, let's say on Raw. That would be just Otis, be like, by the way. Oh, yeah, Otis, excuse me. I always say Doze. I'm going to try to say Otis. Otis, Otis, Otis. I think if Otis was to go out there and just be a total doof, it's like, oh, yeah, look at the body slip, yeah. I think it would sort of work to his benefit because it sort of helps the people understand who he is as a person. If that makes some sense, like you can sort of understand who um, MJF is since he's been in the crowd. And so he's obviously a very rich man who just talks trash, you know, in front of people wrestling. And that makes sense. Yeah. In a sense. I mean, the whole shape of the crowd obviously has, the guys on AEW, I mean, there's some stars out there, but which makes it kind of cool. And you, then you have all the nobodies and the trainees. But for WWE, I don't think I don't think it's as big of a deal that whoever they have out there. I feel like for WWE, though, if you had like their stars out there, it'd be a little off-putting, like you said, if they just said Otis out there being a total ham. Like that would take away from it, obviously. But uh, I think what AEW is doing fans-wise is good. I think what WWE did tonight is good. Uh, the only problem is what happens when NXT comes and they have all the NXT guys outside of the ring for NXT. Well, I think that could still work. I mean, I don't know exactly if NXT is going to have it. I would assume that they're going to if Raw did and definitely if SmackDown is going to. 
I just think they're still going to do it, probably with the same people, except some of the somewhat bigger names that I saw in the crowd, like Aaliyah and um, Shotzi and um, I guess Everrise too, because I saw those doofuses in the crowd there. But I think that they, because they do have a lot of wrestling talent down there, I think it wouldn't hurt them to put the less known people in the crowd so it doesn't necessarily affect them as much. I don't I try to word that as best as I could. I don't know if that really made sense or not, but so either way, fans are back for the WWE shows. We'll move right into our last segment of the evening, of course. Our only segment besides the review, which will be the wild card segment, of course, whatever we want to choose. We uh, stumbled upon the most shocking moment of the night. So you you posed the question to me. So you must have the first answer. You know what? I actually don't. I got to look back at my notes. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I think I do know. Yeah, I do. Apollo Crews winning the United States Championship. I did not see this coming at all. It was a total shock to me. I know that Apollo was sort of on the rise and was sort of getting some steam. And it sort of got taken away from him last month when he injured his ankle quote-unquote, injured his ankle. But I think him coming back better than ever and just capitalizing on this win against Andrade just really put it over the top and really, in all honesty, just shocked me. My shocking, I'm between two. Uh, It's definitely the Rey Mysterio retirement ceremony, which obviously isn't going to happen, but I'm a little more shocked to see they would even pose that because I think they've, like, teased it like twice even before this yeah so i was a little shocked that they went back to the well one and then two was the uh what's the brawl at the end of the night i mean you never really see two big names in a brawl that they have to separate like you have to be a big name if they do that brawl spot like if you yeah. think like brock lesnar and john yeah. cena brock lesnar and undertaker lesnar and mcintyre or lesnar and seth like, you have to yeah. be a big name for them, for them to come out. Yeah, I mean, the only real noticeable last one that I've seen was the one, the first one you named off was Brock and Cena. That was the first one that came to mind because you just or, had all those guys running in and trying to hold each other back. Or uh, the one in Boston a few years ago was Roman and Bobby. Obviously, two huge names. And, like, I was fired up. I was jumping up and down. And were you really jumping up and down? Yes, I was. I was seriously. If I saw you, I would have laughed. <laughs> you probably would have. It was only like two years ago, so it wasn't that the long ago. There was like this weird time that I didn't really go to, uh, like WWE when they come to Boston. I don't know why, but <laughs> that must have been one that I skipped. Yeah, and then I dragged, I dragged you out of bed. Yeah, yeah, and then you dragged me out of bed. <laughs> I did. I was like, hey, I got these two tickets. Let's go. And you're like, okay. You didn't really drag me out of bed. I just said, yeah, I go. I try to be a good friend to you, Jaworski. Come on. Yeah, I'd hope you'd go for free. I never go for free. I always pay you. No, when I got the tickets the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Yes. You're like, I'm always a good friend. I go. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hope you would if it was free. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. 
Sheesh. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> definitely our most shocking moments of the night. Uh, one more thing. Who was the star of the night? Apollo, I would have to say. Yeah, I, I, I would either have to. I'd probably go with him, too. I mean, just because, I mean, obviously, title changing hands on Raw, it doesn't get bigger than that. I, yeah, and someone that's pretty well established as Andrade, for him to lose to a, somewhat of a newer star on the rise in Apollo, I think just really shocked the wrestling world overall. Definitely there. So, Apollo Crews is going to be our MVP of the night. Uh, not to be confused with MVP, Montel Vontini's Porter. Oh, coming, but uh, either way. I'm coming. That was our review of Monday Night Raw. Oh, I almost forgot. Monday Night Raw, 1 to 10, 5 Ooh. being average. What would you give? 6.4. 6. 6.4. Uh, I was going to be right around there. I'll undercut you. I will go. I'll uppercut you, actually. 6.5 for Monday Ooh, Night Raw. Oh, that was a stiff uppercut. Maybe yeah. a potato right there. Man, I don't uh, know. I don't, uh, maybe I did potato you a little, but uh, either way, appreciate everybody listening to our review of Monday Night Raw. Appreciate all the feedback on Twitter, too. To all the haters out there, too. <laughs> we love you still. But uh, anything else you have to say before I get into the social media? You already know, Jaworski. You already know. It's choo-choo time. Well, no, you're supposed to say it after I do social media. How the hell do I manage to screw it up every time? Uh, I do it on my terms. Shut up. Anyway, be sure to follow (laughs) us on Twitter and Instagram at J&J Wrestling Pod. Listen to us on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify as well. J&J Wrestling Podcast over there. I think we're up to 18 episodes. Uh, Be sure to listen to our review of Double or Nothing that came out. Uh, just yesterday it was a good one it was a long one but it was very good very detailed we put a lot of work into that one so uh the probably the most conflicted wrestling show of 2020 uh definitely not the best wrestling show by our standards but uh either way you should follow us on spotify there follow us on twitter and instagram at jnj wrestling pod for plenty of more content so justin one more question do you have anything to say before I end it here? So is now the time that I say it's choo-choo time or did I yeah, really screw you, it up? Yeah, but you, it's you went home. It's choo-choo time! You went home too early, so. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I am home. Uh, thank you. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant wrestling no, terminology. Anyway, appreciate everybody listening. And we will see you all on Thursday for our review of the Wednesday Night Wars and coming off AEW Double or Nothing. We'll see you all on Thursday. Bye-bye. See you later.